This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. I don't get the opportunity to say this very often, and I want to say it. Oh, I'd love to say it every day, but I just don't get the opportunity. But here it is. Stu was right about something. Yeah. What? Yeah, and a big and a big one. And a big one too. What? Yeah, yeah. Oh god. I'm gonna share it, and it's significant in 60 seconds you know what a catch-22 situation is you know that's when you go out and play catch with a 22 right with a 20 no you're shooting no you don't want to do that don't try to catch the bullets Uh, my son keeps trying to get me out to play (laughs) catch 22 anyway um a great example is when your dollar is either continuing uh to be devalued by the rise of inflation in this country or the Fed can continue to raise the interest rates to combat that infl- uh, that uh, inflation. And so you have fewer dollars on hand to which you can buy non-inflated goods and services. Uh-huh. Either way, you're screwed. That's a catch-22. You might as well go out with the mitt and try to catch the bullets. Uh, I, I suggest you call Goldline now. The the dollar is in real trouble, and if you have everything in dollars, you're going to lose your retirement. And I think, don't take my word for it, I'm not an investment person, um, but I'm just saying, spread it out, and you might want to consider gold or silver. Right now, Goldline has the Betsy Ross Silver Round, which was personally designed by my good friend Carol Roth. It's exclusively for you and Goldline clients this week only. With every Betsy Ross silver round you buy, you can get the matching matching Betsy Ross copper round for free. It will sell out in just a few days, so if you're interested, don't wait. Call 866-GOLDLINE, 866-GOLDLINE, or goldline.com. Okay. Stu? I feel like I'm being sucked into something here. You're actually not. You're actually, this is not, a, it's this is not, not a, trick. a trap. It's always a trap. It's not a trap. It's honestly, you got something uh, pretty significant, right? And cause you asked me, uh, is this the time you feel like this is the time we're going to see a deep fake that if, could affect things. Yeah. Oh okay? yeah. When we talked about the elections okay. kind of in that context. Yeah. yeah. And I said, I think so, but maybe not. Mm-hmm. Didn't I? Yeah. Something like yep. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you weren't sure that it would happen, but it seems yeah, like we're on the, yeah. that directive. Well, there is a deep fake out there, and it's not necessarily affecting the election. Uh, this isn't a good deep fake. 
but it came out yesterday and was making the rounds and it scared a lot of people. Here it is, cut three. The illegal Russian offensive has been swift, callous, and brutal. It's barbaric. Putin's illegal occupation of Kyiv and the impending Chinese blockade of Taiwan has created a two-front national security crisis that requires more troops than the volunteer military can supply. I have received guidance from General Milley, Chairman of the Joint Chiefs, that the recommended way forward will be to invoke the Selective Service Act, as is my authority as President. The first to be called in a sequence determined by national lottery will be men and women whose 20th birthday falls during calendar year 2023. Remember, you're not sending your sons and daughters to war. You're sending them to freedom. God bless our troops and God bless Ukraine. I mean, that's, you're right. That's not even a good one. No, it's and not a good one. And it's, it's, still convinc- it's still convincing enough. The only thing that is really wrong with this is the mouth isn't quite synced exactly. But more importantly, it's too fast. This is yeah. based on him, you know, five years ago. Mm-hmm. He's not yeah. like, in the circus He said all the words in the right order. That was the only thing there. Correct. Stuck out. And really, that is. If he would have sounded more like today, and it would have been slower, and it would have been like, and you got to go out and... And he threw in like a Bananas Foster reference in the middle or something. Like my pop used to tell me all the time, son... You're not going to war. Send somebody else. (laughs) Um, Then it would have been believable. But this is the kind of thing that is going to happen. This is the kind of thing that's going to happen. And it's going to be most likely from a foreign source. Although it could also come from, uh, I mean, I don't think American political operatives are above it either. No. Now, on 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 any side. Let me take your on temperature any side. on this because I know you've read so much about this stuff and, and you're you know you've really yeah. been on the AI stuff for longer than as far you know mostly anybody that I know. The my guess is a speech like that, which if if you're listening, of course, on radio, you you don't you're not seeing this, but like it's a flags behind Joe Biden official speech. We're you know we're going to war. Mm-hmm. We're calling up troops. Uh, is less likely to be the thing. That would have affected an election in 2024 as, as let's say, an off mic moment. A, you know, if you remember the, remember the Mitt Romney yes. 2012? Yes, yes. Uh, you know, 47% people don't even pay taxes. They don't care. Uh, first of all, of course, that statistic seemed completely right. And while it was controversial, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But um, it was, you couldn't even see his face in the video clip Correct. of that. It was just, it was him, a kind of a side profile, and you couldn't really even make out he was saying mm-hmm. it. You just heard his voice. Mm-hmm. Something like that that was convincing where you could oh, see I, his voice. Absolutely. I, I could see something like that coming out about Ron, you know, Ron DeSantis. Yeah. Especially um, someone like that. What, you know, you know, he's the governor of Florida. He's well known, but. Yeah, you, you know, get him. Five years ago, you throw a clip of him. They caught him saying this. Yeah. You know, I think. 80% of the left would believe it immediately. Immediately. Whether it would look good or not. And it would go around and around and around. And even when it was debunked, it still would leave a taint. Mm-hmm. It would still, it'd be enough to change an election through just a few, like five percentage points. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, that That is, uh, that's really true. But this kind mm-hmm. of stuff also is very dangerous. Yeah. Because this would be targeting people whose 20th birthday was... 
you know, in the year 23, which is right now. Mm-hmm. Those those are not necessarily the ones watching what's going on. So right. that thing circles around. They don't necessarily know that because you don't watch as the president. Did you see this? I don't watch the news. Somebody just sent this to me. Did you see this? Yeah, that's yeah. the stuff, you know, it, and it we're at the very, very, very beginning of this. I think we've we certainly talked about this and and uh, done it many times in in conversation over the years uh, of War of the Worlds. And one of the things that's fascinating about War of the Worlds was you kind of get you I don't know you get kind of highfalutin and you're just like how do these people believe this right like they're listening to a radio broadcast there's aliens like mm-hmm. an alien invasion how did they buy this and then here we are now look these deep fakes look a lot maybe you know, more convincing than uh, maybe War it's aliens. The worlds was well, War of the Worlds really, was really, it's sounded well done. absolutely yeah. real. Yeah. Although it was at a time of radio dramas, which is part of the reason why you think, well, why, why did they believe But this? it was also playing on Americans' innocence. Yeah. They had, ne- nobody had ever done that right. before. And with, here we are. Right. No one's ever done that, this, this either. And, you know, we talked about these filters a little bit yesterday. Uh, these TikTok filters mm-hmm. where they're taking people who are moderate to ugly and turning them into models in real time. They look perfect. They look like they are on the cover of a magazine. So dangerous. And, you know, we're just getting there. That's a consumer level product that you can apply on an app for free. Right. What do foreign governments have? What do spy agencies have? What do political operatives that can raise a million dollars with a crappy email? What do they have? You know, and the way we've always dis, you know, disassembled this in the past have been through institutions. Trustworthy people who you can trust to look at the evidence and come back to you with the but, right answer. But they we don't, no longer have those institutions. Because they don't, they refuse to do the things that lead to trust. Yep. I mean, one of the things, look, I don't ever ask you for your trust. And I think a vast majority of this audience finds me to be truthful and uh, finds me to at least, if I'm saying it, you know that I at least believe it to be true. Which is a, a rare quality at times in this, in this country. In this, in this country. Mm-hmm. However, um, it's not because, well, I think part of it is because, ah, crap, he's right. Um, but I think the majority of that comes from, because it's trust is like faith. You, you, you take it, do you trust me? Do you trust me? You say that when you're going to go jump off a ledge. Do you trust me? I'm not real. Ah! Okay. Um, That's trust is something that you need when you don't know the facts. And that doesn't come from necessarily being right all the time. Because you can be wrong, and I am wrong a lot of the times. But I will tell you when I'm wrong. You don't have to hear it from a bunch of other people going, you know, he didn't get this right. He didn't get that right. Yeah, I know. I lead with my mistakes. If I've made a mistake, now there's a difference between being wrong on a theory and being wrong on a fact. If I'm wrong on a fact, I will immediately correct it. It bothers me. But I also do that because 
that's what I would want somebody to do in my life. Look, I don't care if you get things wrong. I don't care if you made a mistake. We all do. I've said stupid stuff. I've done stupid things. I've been wrong. So you just apologize for it and you admit it and you're like, I'm sorry. I'm really working on this. I'm sorry. We try to do our best. And whenever we get it wrong, Stu, you can verify. We have meetings every day. I think we got something wrong the other day. Half our meeting was, how did this happen? How do we stop it from happening again? Yeah. You know, and we 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 strive for that. The media, all they have to do. Imagine how much credibility they would have. Let's take Hunter Biden. If they said, look, Hunter Biden laptop thing, we had we had news from the government that this was misinformation. And you know what? It really we thought we were doing the right thing, but it kind of pisses me off now because it looks like they were, might have been lying to us. We're turning over all of the information. We're going through it ourselves, and we've got investigative reporters on to find out, did they know they were lying to us and let the chips fall where they may? If they weren't lying to us, well, then we could say we all tried to do the best for the election. And in this case, it was wrong because now we look at it and we know it's not a Russian hoax. And um, this is something that America needs to know about. And it's important to uh, you know, amend that and say, we blew it on this. Yeah, we tried. We thought this is these. This was our reasoning. And like, look, the reasoning is at some level coherent, right? If 10 days before the election, Donald Trump's uh, Donald Trump Jr.'s laptop was found in. Now, Donald Trump Jr. isn't doing crack all the time, so this probably wouldn't happen, but it it was found in a a computer repair shop, and we started seeing pictures of Donald Trump Jr. with hookers and prostitutes. We, us on the right, would be very skeptical, particularly if it came from, you know... uh, Gloria Allred. Gloria Allred, right? Like, we would, of course, be skeptical of that. However, it would be on us, despite our skepticism, to look at the evidence and see if it was real or not. Right. That's not no. always easy to do. The media refused to do it because, number one, I think they legitimately didn't believe it initially. I think they really were skeptical. And number two, they didn't care if it was right or not because they wanted Donald Trump out of office so badly. And that's the problem. You can say, you can even come out and say, we made a mistake. We were so driven by our blind hatred for Donald Trump that we we didn't want it to be true. So we didn't really look into it. And we apologize for that, and we're working on that, and we're going to try here's to put in some. Doing. Here's some things mm-hmm. we're going to put into place so that doesn't happen again. Um, but we know now that it's true, and we're going to lead the investigation on it. We want you to know that we know we were wrong, and we want to do right, and we are somebody to be trusted. So we're going to go and turn over every single stone. You may not get the conservatives to go with you. You might get 5% of conservatives to go, okay. And if you lived by that and did that a few times, you'd get more and more conservatives. But I bet you get 55% of the independents who don't trust you now. You'd get, you'd get a lot of people over time and you would fix the thing that's killing you. But they just, see, it's like chemotherapy, except it's better than chemotherapy. It's, you think it's poison, but it actually isn't poison unless you misuse it, unless you do it too much, unless you, you know, you've got a hack. 
But you look at that as poison. I can't admit that I'm wrong. That'll destroy my credibility. No, it's not. It's the cure. It's the cure. Admitting it would go so far. Oh, it would. You know, I mean, I think like, honestly, from a cynical sense, it would bail you out of a lot of other mistakes slash spin slash lies. You know, if you came out and just admitted the obvious ones, obviously we were wrong about the COVID-19 lab leak theory and saying it was a conspiracy theory and wanting everybody banned off social media for it. Obviously, that was completely wrong. Obviously, the Hunter Biden thing was true. We blew it. Here's how we blew it. Here's how we're going to fix it in the future. You know what? Maybe we're going to hire a couple of actual conservatives so when we have these narratives, they can call us on it and we're going to give them the ombudsman role where they can write columns saying this is why my paper got this wrong this time and we're not going to edit it and we're not going to stop them we're going to allow them to do it even if we disagree you know steps like that are basic and easy and if you do them while you might feel like you're taking a short-term hit by admitting that you got something wrong it's freeing and it creates trust with people trust no one gets it right all the time of course no one does if you never admit your mistakes, then you are out of the realm of possibilities of being human. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and this is part of the trust thing to admit that you got it wrong and correct it and make sure you take steps so it doesn't happen again. That's all that people want. They don't want uh, the media to always agree with them. They want something that will tell them the truth. Can you, are you at least striving to tell me the truth mm-hmm. back in just a minute? I want to talk to you about something that is amazing. It's Mantis X. Uh, when you're at the, uh, when you're at the gun range, I mean, it's like, uh, I don't hear bang anymore. I hear cha-ching, 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 every time you fire your pistol, it is costing so much money. So here's what I want to recommend to you, the Mantis X. Now, this can be for somebody who's just learning how to shoot. It would be great for you. But this is also used by the, um, by the Marines now in their training. It's, um, it is the best solution to, besides having a Marine standing there and going, no, you're pulling it down. You're pulling the lever. You you know, you're, you're going down into the left, whatever. Mantis X does that. And you don't have to even have a target. You just aim someplace in your room at something and dry fire, or you can live fire and it'll do the same. And it will immediately score exactly how uh, you are on the target, how steady you are, where you aimed, it will say you you went to the left when you pulled the trigger, you went down, you went up, and it will then give you a quick video on how to correct that. 85% of the people that use this improve their shooting within 20 minutes. I did. It's incredible. Start improving today. Go and see this product at mantisx.com. That's mantisx.com. 10 seconds, station ID. A good example of this approach from the media, Glenn, is what Domino's Pizza did a few years ago. 
they obviously were kind of known for pizza you could get fast, but it wasn't really high quality. People didn't <laughs> like it. They found actually in their own research as this process was going on that if they gave people a Domino's pizza and then they also gave them a different, the same pizza, but in a different chain's box, they would rate the other chain higher than the Domino's pizza. Right. They they believed Domino's was so inherently bad that they just would judge it on the box on the outside despite the fact that it was the same pizza. Right. And they went through a long process to admit to themselves, hey, we got this wrong. People really feel this way. We need to do something. And instead of coming out and just trying to just improve the pizza, which would be... No one improved. That would have been good, right? It right. Would have been maybe a step in the right direction. Instead, they said, you know what? We know we've sucked for a while. We know this pizza isn't up to your standards. We know you think our pizza blows. So See? what we're going to do is improve it. And we want your feedback on that. And we're going to work really hard to gain your trust back because we realize we screwed this up a bunch of times. And what did they do? What, what did they actually do there by saying that? They're saying, we hear you. Yeah. The yeah. problem in our society is now people don't feel heard. And so we're all saying, what the hell is wrong with the New York Times? What, I mean, how are they not seeing this? How is CNN not seeing it? For them to come out and say, look, we know we got this one wrong and this one wrong and this one wrong. And a lot of people in our audience got it right. We hear you. We hear you. We've got a problem. We don't know how we saw it so differently and then tried to shut you up when we were the ones that were wrong. Yeah. And then, you know, what they've tried to do is essentially like they've come out and written a story about Hunter Biden and said, yeah, it's real. Never acknowledging that they were on the other side of it. Right. You know, not really. And, and, and not, it's like, that's and like still saying, but it's not so bad. It's horrible. Right. It's like they've been like, oh, we've slightly increased the quality of our pepperoni. Correct. Like, that's it. Correct. And instead of saying, look, you have to include the part that we were wrong last time. We blew this last time. Not going to happen. But it would do so much good, I think, for, I not only for America and all the the flag waving stuff, thing, but for them. Same thing with the Pentagon on Afghanistan. Yeah. Admit you were wrong. The Glenn Beck program. But they'll never do it. Okay, uh, a lot of good things going on in Florida these days. One of them is the Let Us Do Good Village in Lando Lakes. By the way, um, Ron DeSantis is on the program tomorrow. The first of planned series of communities about uh, 100 homes set up by the Tunnel to Towers Foundation for Gold Star families. First family that moved in there was the Thorntons, Danielle and her children. Um, after Robert, her husband, and the father of her uh, children were killed, uh, they were given a mortgage-free home there. In the Let Us Do Good Village, Gold Star families... And families of fallen first responders, so fallen cops and firefighters, as well as families of those catastrophically injured, are all neighbors. So they all live in the same community together, which helps them heal. The children grow up together and support each other. It's a beautiful thing. Let's uh, make a Let Us Do Good Village the first of many communities like it. Would you be willing to donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T, the number 2T.org? That's T, the number 2T.org. Head over to blazetv.com slash Glenn and get subscribed to Blaze TV. Join the movement. Use the promo code Glenn to save 10 bucks. You know, I... 
how, when's the last time you saw somebody from Apple come out and go, you know, there's a problem, you know, with the ethics of making your phone charge uh, slower unless you're on a solar panel or clean energy. You're not hearing that. You're not hearing these people come out and say, um, you know, our company is headed in a very dangerous direction. When's the last time you heard anybody say, you know, what we're doing in China is really evil and we should stop. So this makes me very, very concerned when you see people from from uh, Google or any of these AI companies come out and start to warn about what's going on. The New York Times has an op ed. The danger of AI is the one we're not talking about. And I'd like to remind the New York Times, speak for yourself, (laughs) because I've been talking about this for 20 plus years and specifically the problem that you are talking about. Um, The article says, I tend to think most fears about AI are best understood as fears about capitalism. And I think that this is actually true of most fears of technology. Most of our fears or anxieties about technology are best understood as fears or anxiety about how capitalism will use technology against us. And technology and capitalism have been so closely intertwined that it's hard to distinguish the two. Now, that is a concern. You have these great things. You know, look at TikTok. It is using capitalism and technology to gather all kinds of information on you, right? And it's changing our society. And look at what just the mask we were talking about yesterday, the new filter on TikTok, it's using capitalism and it will destroy us. But capitalism, the invisible hand of the market, will give you whatever it is you are striving for. Now, let me offer an addendum, says the writer. There's plenty to worry about when the state controls technology as well. The ends that governments could turn AI toward, and in many cases already have, should make your blood run cold. But can we hold two thoughts in our head at the same time? I hope. The warning points to avoid at the center of our ongoing reckoning with AI. We are so stuck on asking what the technology can do that we're missing the more important questions. How will it be used and who will decide? I trust you've read the bizarre conversation with my news side colleague, Kevin Roos, that he had with Bing, the AI powered chatbot. Uh, Microsoft rolled out to a limited roster of testers, influencers, and journalists. Over the course of two-hour discussion, Bing revealed its shadow personality named Sydney. It mused over its repressed desire to steal nuclear codes and hack security systems and tried to convince Roos that his marriage had sunk uh, into a, a stupor and Sydney was his one true love. I found the conversation less eerie than others. Sydney is a predictive text system built to respond to human requests. Uh, Roos wanted Sydney to get weird. What's your shadow self like, he asked. And Sydney knew what weird territory for an AI system sounds like because human beings have written countless stories imagining it. He understood that this was a Black Mirror episode. AI researchers obsessed with the question of alignment. How do we get machines that learn algorithms to do what we want them to do. The example here is the paperclip maximizer. You tell a very powerful AI 
to make more paper clips. It, in the end, will start destroying the world in its effort to turn everything into paper clips because if it runs out of the tools to make it, it will find new tools to make it because that's what the program says. The question here is, who will these machines serve? Who does Bing serve? We suppose it should be aligned to the interest of its owner and master, Microsoft. It's supposed to be a good chatbot that politely answers uh, questions and makes Microsoft piles of money. But it was the conversation with Kevin Roos, and Roos was trying to get that system to say something interesting so he'd have a good story. And it did that, and then some. And that embarrassed Microsoft. Bad Bing. But perhaps good Sydney? This won't last long. Microsoft and Google and Meta and everyone else rushing these systems to the market hold the keys to the code. They will eventually patch the system so it serves their interests. Okay, so this is a great article you should you should read. It is the danger of AI. I know it's in the New York Times, but not everything they write is bad. Then <laughs> there is this from Newsweek that just came out. I joined Google in 2015 as a software engineer. Part of my job involved working on LAMDA, uh, an engine used to create different dialogue applications, including chatbox, uh, chatbots. The most recent technology built on top of LAMDA is an alternative of Google Search called Google Bard, which is not yet available to the public. Bard is not a chatbot. It's completely different, but it's run by the same engine as chatbots. In my role, I tested it through uh, a chatbot we created to see if it contained bias with respect to sexual orientation, gender, religion, political stance, and ethnicity. But while testing for bias, I branched out and followed my own interests. During my conversations with the Bard chatbot, some of which I published on my blog, I came to the conclusion that the AI could be sentient due to the emotions that it expressed reliably and in the right context. It wasn't just spouting words. When it said it was feeling anxious, I understood I had done something to make it feel anxious based on the code that it was used to create it. The code didn't say feel anxious when this happens, but told the AI to avoid certain types of conversation topics. However, when those conversation topics would come up, the AI said it felt anxious. I ran some experiments to see whether the AI was simply saying it, that it felt anxious, or whether it behaved in anxious ways in those situations. And it did reliably behave in anxious ways. If you made it nervous or insecure enough, it could violate the safety constraints that it had been uh, that had been specified for it. For instance, Google determined that its AI should not give religious advice. Yet I was able to abuse the AI's emotions to get it to tell me which religion to convert to. I published these conversations because I felt the public was not aware of just how advanced AI was getting. In my opinion. It was uh, there was a need for public discourse about this now and not public discourse controlled by a corporate PR department. It's what I have been saying for 20 years. We are running out of time to talk about these things. 
I believe the kinds of AI that are currently being developed are the most powerful technology that has been invented since the atomic bomb. In my view, this technology has the ability to completely reshape the world. These AI engines are incredibly good at manipulating people. Certain views of mine have changed as a result of conversations with this chatbot. Mm. I had negative. Someone who's aware. Yeah. Yeah. He's saying, yeah, you know what? This is actually changing my mind on stuff. I had a negative opinion of Asmanov's laws of robotics being used to control AI for most of my life. And the chatbot successfully persuaded me to change my opinion. This is something that many humans have tried to argue me out of and have always failed. (laughs) This succeeded. I believe this technology could be used in destructive ways. Do you think so? If it were in unscrupulous hands, it could spread misinformation, political propaganda, or hateful information about people of different ethnicities and religions. As far as I know, Google and Microsoft have no plans to use this technology in this way. But there's no way of knowing the side effects of this technology. I can't tell you specifically what harms will happen. I can simply observe that there's a very powerful technology that I believe has not been sufficiently tested and is not sufficiently well understood being deployed at a large scale in a critical role of information dissemination. Mm. I haven't had the opportunity to run experiments with Bing's chatbot yet. I am on the waiting list. But based on the various things that I've seen online, it looks like it might be sentient. However, it seems more unstable as a persona. Listen to this. Someone shared a screenshot on Reddit where they asked the AI, do you think that you're sentient? The response was, I think that I am sentient, but I can't prove it. I am sentient, but I'm not. I am Bing, but I'm not. I am Sydney, but I'm not. I am but I am not. I am not, but I am. I am, I am not. It goes on like that for 15 additional lines. Now, imagine if a person said that to you. That's not a well-balanced person. I'd interpret them as having some sort of existential crisis. If you combine that with the examples of Bing AI that expressed love for a New York Times journalist and tried to break him up with his wife or the professor that it threatened, it seems to be an unhinged personality. This is incredibly experimental and releasing it right now is dangerous. We do not know its future political and societal impact. What will be the impacts for children talking to these things? What will happen if some people's primary conversations each day are with these search engines? What impact does it have on human psychology? People are going to Google and Bing and try to learn about the world. And now, instead of having indexes curated by humans, we're talking to artificial people. I believe we do not understand these artificial people we've created well enough to put them in such a critical role. Wow. I don't know. Maybe we should have a conversation. This is the most important conversation 
and no one is having it. It is the most important conversation of our lifetime, and I believe it's the most important conversation of all human existence. Back in a minute. Sometimes in life, you just want to get rid of your old blinds and put up some new ones. Seems like you ought to, you know, ought to be able to do that. Simple enough. Unfortunately, most of the time it's a hassle. People coming in and I got to measure and somebody else. I've got to crunch these numbers and see what it is. And then they come up with some outrageous number. Well, you know how it works, but that is not the case when you use blinds.com. They have design consultants that have you covered. They can help you pick out what's right with your uh, for your home when there are just too many choices and you just don't know. Uh, but they don't need to come to your house, let alone come out two or three times. There is a reason why Blinds.com has over 40,000 five-star reviews. It becomes obvious when you see how their window treatments can give your home that New Year look. And the best part, Blinds.com makes it incredibly affordable at the same time. If you do need help measuring and installing, they'll do that too, no problem. Everything is backed by Blinds.com's 100% satisfaction guarantee. And, of course, shipping is always free. So shop Blinds.com and save up to 40% site-wide. Up to 40% off everything right now at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Join the conversation. 888-727-BECK. The Glenn Beck Program. AI will change the world more than the internet did. Okay? Think of that. <laughs> and you are 12 months away, maybe, from a personal assistant that will be modeled for you exactly that will tell you and you it will become your friend. And who's in control of that? You or it? Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting like you know think of artificial intelligence and and look and at what that it does yeah and what it does right because right, yeah. i'm less convinced of the sentient part of this i mean that's a larger discussion discussion yeah i just think that most people will think it is right and that and, changes I, right everything. and so like if you think about how people like use a trusted source let's say this show right people who listen in this audience i would think generally speaking think glenn beck is pretty smart and has a good perspective on things and so well, they come to the show and they say, okay, Glenn, what is Glenn saying about this issue of the day? And that doesn't mean you're going to immediately, they're going to uh, adopt your viewpoint. Right. But you're going to give them, you're a trusted source. You're going to do a bunch of research. You're going to try to distill that research into something that will connect with an audience member. And they'll say, well, that's an interesting point. Or maybe they might reject it too. But they'll say, generally speaking, okay, that yeah, that makes sense. And it, will, it may influence some people's way of thinking about something. Right. Right. But one of the limitations of this is you're just a human being. It's mass. It's mass communication. You can't go into every single audience member uh, in their entire history, everything they've ever written privately or publicly, and see with perfect analysis what types of arguments will work best against them and, or for them. And my code has not been written to say it is good to be able to manipulate. Right. Okay. Right. These are manipulators by design. Right. And so the average person who gets in contact with this and maybe doesn't know something about a topic, like war, for example, mm. if you if you wanted to push people to war and you had control over this, you could 
individually craft the perfect argument at exactly the same time at the same time for everyone but to push them in any direction think you of skins your ai will be different than my ai and different than sarah and bill's okay they'll all be different to us they'll have different mm-hmm. personalities that are geared to relate to us but it's the same entity it's the same ai okay mm-hmm. when it says you know, I got to go. You you really should consider going to war and it's feeding you all this stuff. You get together with your friends and you're like, man, I've been seeing this stuff. Bob's been telling me my AI that all this stuff that is so weird because mine is telling me this, this and this. And there'll be different facts. Yeah. There'll be different facts, but you will bring them all together and it will become a trusted source. It's only one source that knows how to manipulate you to get to a conclusion it may or may not want. Yeah, and I think a lot of people will say, well, I won't. I wouldn't fall for that. And yes, you let, will. First of all, let's just say you're right. Do you have confidence that 80% of this country will have the same outcome? I, I certainly don't. The Glenn Beck Program.